At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You ready? Yeah, whenever you're ready. Okay. Hey, this is Sarah Lee Langford, and we're in Roebuck, Alabama. I'm here with Alan Aldridge. I'm going to play you a song off my record. It's called Two-Hearted Rounder.
Sarah, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit down with me today. My pleasure. I, was, I wanted to start off just talking a little bit about your your record, Two Hearted Rounder. Uh, thank you for sharing the title track yeah. uh, for the opener. A uh, little bit about that album. Uh, when did you drop it? Uh, let's see. It's been almost a year. Okay. So it was November of 2019. Okay. And yeah. then lo and behold, here come <laughs> a, a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, we got to do... Uh, a show at mom's basement and a and a little thing at seasick to sort of debut it and then will stewart who plays on the record and i got to go play two shows uh and one in chattanooga and one in knoxville and then um the world shut down so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to sell a record when you're sitting at home yeah. and not playing and promoting it but so the way I I found you and your music, it was through uh, Katie and Adrian. I had them on the podcast, yeah. and uh, you know I just asked them. I was like, "Give me some plugs," and that was one of the first records that came out. Sweet, and you know, so immediately I, yeah, I'll check it out on the way home. Yeah, and uh, great record. Well, um, I mean, there's so many great musicians in Birmingham, uh -huh. and everyone is really kind and supports one another, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I'm lucky to have the musicians that I got to play with on this record. So you mentioned Will. Who else helped? Yeah. Um, Ford Boswell plays pedal steel. So yes. what's not to like about that? Yeah. Um, Keelan Parrish plays a bass. He was in Vulture Will. Mm -hmm. And then Brian Gosden uh, plays drums. He's from the Dexatines. And, you know, m multiple other bands. But I'm like, I've got somehow wrangled this all-star cast of musicians <laughs> to play with me. And then we recorded it at Ole Elegante with mm. Lester. Um, and then Cornelius Chapel put it out. So thanks to Wes and all the other guys, too. Yeah. Um, it's really, I've been playing music for my whole life. Okay. But um, this is the first time that it really feels... Um, like a finished project product you know coming out into the world um so i'm really proud of it and um i'm looking to get in this studio back again soon okay if i can afford it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like i haven't sold the first record yet but you know sometimes you've got to record the songs while they're still fresh you know i don't want to sit on it for too long and then it feels a little stale yeah i mean i've mentioned to you as um as far as money goes, I've, I've been trying to save up so I could get somewhere to record, and uh -huh. it's turned into uh, just doing it in the bedroom. Yeah. But and I'm afraid that it's gonna, you know, like you said, that it's gonna be like, it's gonna feel like an unfinished project, you know. Well, but there's nothing at, wrong with but that. But at least it'll be bare bones, and it'll be out, and you know, it'll. However, I decide to circulate it, you know, yeah. we'll be able to enjoy it like that. Well, until I can't we, wait to hear it. Until we can do better, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I, I get that, um, wanting to do it while it's fresh, you know. Yeah, and actually this is the first time I've ever played with a band that's plugged in. I always played acoustic music before, mm -hmm. folk music, that kind of stuff. I was raised playing bluegrass. Oh, okay. So my folks play, my brother plays, and I, I used to play the bass, the upright bass in that bluegrass band with my family. Hokey little... <laughs> It was great, you know, but before I could even reach the top of the base, they had me standing on the the, the fireplace hearth, uh -huh. you know, to so I could reach the top of it. So I've been playing forever, and I, um, you know, I've sung all kinds of music. I used to sing in a jazz band. I'm like, what? Nobody wants to hear me sing jazz. <laughs> um, and I, I have a music ed degree, so I 
learned how to sing opera and all that stuff too. So I, I do all kinds of things, but this is when I finally feel like I've found the band and the sound that I've been looking for. Awesome. Well, let's talk about uh, growing up and um, you mentioned just just being raised in music. So where are you originally from and just a little bit about the family. Was it like a folky Christian kind of background? or what? <laughs> Well, um, let's see. I'm from Tuscaloosa. And um, my mom and dad both taught me how to play. And uh, like I said, I played the bass and started playing the guitar when I was about 13. Mm -hmm. And we had a little family band and we'd play, uh, you know, gospel songs or just, you know, traditional bluegrass music. Mm -hmm. And we would go play it. Uh, bluegrass festivals around the south playing at horse pens and playing at you know foggy hollow bluegrass and all those you know, briar field all the things that were those those things coming up but um I, I think i reached a point when i was about like 15 or 16 i was like oh this isn't cool anymore <laughs> <laughs> and um you know, I think like every kid, you kind of rebel a little bit mm -hmm. against what your parents like. And so I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I figured out that Jerry Garcia liked bluegrass. So then I was like, okay, it's fine. Was he a big influence? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, it's no secret I'm a deadhead. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, lots of influences. Amy Lou Harris, who's from around here, and Gillian Welch, and stuff like that has always been kind of core to songwriting and, and vocal style. So was it about 16 when you walked away from the family band to start pursuing your own? Well, um, yeah, I, mean, I still played with them for a while, and then when I got into college, I played in a cover band with some friends of mine we were called the elbow benders <laughs> nice. and then i moved to colorado for a little while and played in another bluegrass band with some friends and it was called acoustic ranch party so like you just it's coming from all places yeah. alan so <laughs> it's kind of all over the place but I moved back to alabama and had um, two daughters and was kind of doing the mom thing for a while. And I, I have another CD that I put out before this under my married name, and it's called Junkyard Heart. So I, I don't really talk about it much because that, that person who wrote those songs and everything kind of feels like a different person than sure. who I feel like right now. But yeah, it was all acoustic, and my brother played on it and some other friends. And um, then I kind of, you know, did that. And then thought, well, let's plug this thing in and see what it sounds like. I bought an electric guitar for the first time in my life last year. I've been playing since I was 13, never had an electric guitar. Right. Until I was 38 years old. What kind did you get? I got a 1972 Gibson ES-175. Okay, cool. I didn't know if it would have been like a Telecaster for the... Um, no, I pretty much count on Will to be my <laughs> Telecaster tele man. <laughs> And Ford plays guitar too, and mandolin, so he's really versatile to play with. He's an amazing guitarist as well as the pedal steel. Yeah. So I'm always blown away by um, him on the pedals. And I mean, what a nice guy too. Mm -hmm. I love I love my band. Like these guys are my heart. Yeah. That's uh, just one thing I've only briefly and hung out with Ford twice at the night at the show mm -hmm. uh, with Will Stewart and Taylor Hollinsworth, and before that. 
was hanging out. You know, he plays with Verley James as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that's one thing that we were all kind of, as he was playing Will Stewart that night, it was like, man, he is just killing it. Yeah, he can do everything. Yeah. And it seems like, I I don't know because he's always he's always saying I want to be better I want to be better it's, I'm you know I'm I'm not at the level I want to be I was like, you're at a pretty good level man <laughs> well that's admirable though you know yeah. to just want to strive to to get better yeah I miss I miss playing um, I'm really looking forward to making things right again <laughs> yeah yeah so what is what are the uh, pre COVID what did playing out look like? Would you stay pretty busy on the road? Not really. I mean, being a mom, you know, I'm kind of bound to as that gladly. But, um, yeah, we'd play at the Nick or at Mom's or um, places around town mm. like that. Okay. I was poised to do lots more <laughs> this year because, like I said, I mean, the record had just come out in November and mm -hmm. sort of trying to make some plans for a tour in this summer. But, you know, we'll just put the hit the pause button and pick it back up hopefully next year yeah it was uh you know it was, it was a heartbreak all the way around you know albums that came out late 2019 and then uh people who had recorded albums who planned to drop them in the spring yeah. and even the summer is like do i release it or no you know yeah, I, I can't play it it's hard to know what to do sometimes because you've put everything into the record including mm -hmm. finances but you know all of yourself into it too so mm -hmm. I mean hopefully people feel satisfied with whatever choice they made this year because it was it was tough either way I'm sure mm -hmm. I mean just either way just you know as a music fan I'm glad they're releasing it, it I, I yeah. know it has to suck yeah that they can't play it but at least I get to hear it some way uh -huh. you know same attitude toward those you know live streams got popular there for a while and yep. then it felt like everybody was doing a live stream and it was just a just a big old pond that you couldn't even swim through anymore. That's true. Yeah, and it's it's strange. I did uh, two live streams in the summer, and I really enjoyed them, doing mm -hmm. them. But it's a bizarre experience to to play to a computer screen, and the only feedback that you're getting is the little ticker that rolls up the side of the computer where somebody's, you know, giving you an emoji or like requesting a song. Yeah. And, it, and then you're having to squint at the little type and think, oh no, I can't play that song right now. I didn't practice that one. <laughs> or, you know, uh -huh. it's, it's just uh, way different than, well, maybe it's not all that different because sometimes you play a gig and the people are just sitting around looking at their phones or talking over you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But at least you can get some kind of feedback with people when you play live. You yeah. Know? Uh, just a bit, little bit more about your story. Uh, you mentioned college. Uh, where'd you Where'd you attend? I went to the University of Montevallo. Okay. Because, there's There's your music. Yeah, because I was from Tuscaloosa, and raised in a music family, you know, I really just wasn't latched on to the idea of being at a big football school. And I was like, I gotta go to somewhere else. I gotta mm -hmm. get out of here. And then I met a lot of people in Montevallo who are in the music scene now, still. I mean, just lots of people. Jim Faye, Janet Simpson Templin is, um, we used to sing in the choir together. Wow. Uh, singing Brahms and everything. Now we sang, let's see, we did a thing, I guess it's been about two years now, 
we were asked to come to the Alice Stevens Center and give a talk before the Roseanne Cash concert about uh, women in country music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, you and me, Janet, here we go again. And uh, <laughs> Doing it. We, we sing together sometimes. We've been talking about putting a show together um, with probably... Probably with Janet's band and Timber, me. Right? Well, Timber is Janet and Will, and then Janet plays under her own name. Okay. And so does Will, but they have the same band. Um, and so Janet, you know, when it's her name, it's the song she's written. When it's Will, it's the songs he's written. Mm -hmm. So I mean, they they're pretty versatile. Yeah. <laughs> it's that family thing about Birmingham, right? Yeah. Everybody shares everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, just at Montevallo, uh, I'm assuming I went to University of Mobile for a time, and I was in the music program for a year before I walked away from it. But uh, primary instrument, I remember, um, you know, you had to pick your primary instrument for uh -huh. uh, music, and I had been playing guitar for I think 12 years at the time. I got home and was telling my roommate, I was like, I had to finally pick my primary instrument. He's like, How was that hard? To pick guitar. And I was like, I went with voice. And he was like, why? I was like, I want to sing better. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not worried about classically training myself on guitar. I would like to learn like some different styles and ways to use my voice. That would be helpful. Yeah. Uh, so I guess Mono Valley, you had to do that as well. Yeah. Um, voice was my primary instrument. And my second instrument was piano. And I fumbled my way through that big time. <laughs> I am not a great pianist, but, you know, I'm functional. I know what's what, but I, don't ask me to play the piano. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, every, everybody that's ever took in sight singing, they'll all agree that it's just the greatest thing ever. But that was the reason why I had to learn how to play piano just a little bit so I could, okay, that's what. Yep. That's where i got to be. Mm-hmm. And then when it came down to sightseeing, couldn't do it. Couldn't hit it. Couldn't find it. Yeah. The good old days. <laughs> it's been a minute since all that anyway. It feels like another lifetime ago. So uh, what about Colorado? You mentioned that. What, what led you out there? Well, uh, my husband at the time was going to grad school out okay. there. So I, we went together and went to breweries and <laughs> played in the mountains and yeah i haven't been i heard a lot about that scene like as far as like folk music that seems to be the core of colorado i yeah. guess what they're into i mean they really like bluegrass out there they do i mean that's where all that kind of mountain jam grass yeah. is based out of i see your face <laughs> you're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just imagining this going back to the band name that you had i was like folk jam band you said you was a deadhead and I was like I'm just picturing like a bluegrass folk jam band is am I close yeah close I mean we <laughs> play at festivals and man wedding gigs pay good <laughs> <laughs> and then you end up singing all kinds of weird requested songs for their first dance I'm like they want what okay you gotta learn something really bizarre to sing at a wedding <laughs> but yeah what were some of them requests? Do you remember now? Well, the one one I thought was really pretty good was um, it was the Del McCurry band, the same kind of crazy as me. I don't know if you know that one. I don't. It's I mean it's it's pretty good first dance song from 
bunch of rednecks. We had a, <laughs> I think the weirdest request that we ever had. When I was in Mobile, we had a band uh, forever, uh, almost the entirety of me living down there. Um, buddy of mine got married. His wife wanted to walk out to uh, New American Classic by um, Taking Back Sunday. That is a long distance relationship breakup song. Yeah, they, sometimes people just don't don't think about it like yeah, that. Yeah, but they just wanted the instrumental. It's like I just I like the music. It's pretty. And I was like, okay, fair. As long as we can say that that is not, you know, that's not a good song choice for, like, <laughs> I guess, you know, uh, lyric reasons. <laughs> yeah, and I had a friend of mine. Um, she asked me. She she bought a copy of this record um, to give to her niece that was getting married and she bought it and she was like you know what <laughs> i'm gonna save this for a christmas present because uh this is a breakup record <laughs> i don't think i should give this to her for for her wedding gift maybe we'll save that one for another time yeah different different celebration different holiday yeah <laughs> divorce is a reason to celebrate <laughs> I mean, uh, you could just, you know, somebody's getting divorced, be like, here, I have just the thing. Yeah, here. Been saving Let's this for celebrate. you. Let's <laughs> celebrate. Yeah. So, a lot of the lyrical content and the, the work of this album came from that? Well, <laughs> without being too um, obvious, uh, yeah, I mean, I, whenever things happen in my life, I definitely process them through song. Mm-hmm. But um, I have to say that not everything on the record is autobiographical, so you'll just have to guess. Yeah, which I think is better, you know. If you're yeah. not, if you're not told, then you yeah, you, just you gotta leave to up. Uh, you gotta leave it up to was it uh, interpretation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Let's go back just uh, you know to bind that electric guitar uh -huh. and before. Is, uh, and just getting to the sound of Two-Hearted Rounder is, uh, did you find electric guitar to be way different when you were getting into it? Well, it's not, it's not terribly different, but I mean, I've just, because I've played acoustic all my life, I, I kind of have a, um, I don't know a lot about gear, you yeah. know, so, I mean, you know, pedals and amps and how you should, you know, tune it and which direction do you really want to place it and where do you want to stand in relation to, you know, like all those things are, they're still pretty fresh to me. Um, and when I first started playing um, with the band like this, I was actually borrowing Keelan's guitar. So it was an old Gibson II that was his granddad's. So I played it for a while just so I could kind of sit on what I might actually like to get mm -hmm. um, because I don't have many guitars I have four plus a beater um, that you can take camping and not have to worry about it but I like to have a nice guitar when mm -hmm. I have it. so I, you know, I'm selective about it and I still you know there's lots of guitars out there and they're all calling my name but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like to let's see the one I played just now is a 1930 Kalamazoo, and I got that from Bob Tedrow over there in Homewood. And I had never heard of that brand. Yeah, well, it's an Epiphone, like, that was made in Kalamazoo. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know that much about it, but 
Yeah, and then this guitar hanging on the wall here is a 1935 Gibson. That was my granddad's. And then my dad gave me the Martin in 2000. It's a D18. And then I have that 72 Gibson, the electric. So, mm -hmm. yeah, four really great guitars. And I'm always just hoping to do them justice because, yes. you know, I really consider myself more of a vocalist than a guitarist, but I think I, you know, can try and hold my own a little bit with um, backing myself up. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, my first one was a, a Gibson SG, and that was, uh, that was real good. I, I had just graduated high school, and it was perfect for that time because I was really into punk rock, playing fast, and just nasty distortion, and uh -huh. all that, and then the older I got, like, Luckily, a, a good friend of mine bought the thing, so I, I still get to play it. But I'm not interested in owning that guitar anymore because mm -hmm. it's just too much for me. And then, like going back to uh, like gear and pedals and all that, and just as I get to know uh, Will, and just as I'm getting more immersed into the electric guitar scene, it's just getting an ear. I was like, that was a Telecaster. Mm -hmm. It's like being able to pick up those differences. I ended up buying a Telecaster accidentally because it had the sound that I wanted but I didn't even I wasn't even real sure what that sound was at the time mm -hmm. it was that you know that kind of twang oh yeah and all that and uh then you can put some fuzz pedals on it and you can kind of make it a little nasty too if yeah. you want to you gotta know <laughs> you gotta know which ones to get though and once again it's right that's fresh to me because I never cared anything about all the gear I had like a a PV um Oh gosh, tube amp. Just I couldn't even remember what kind it was now. I sold it, and I had that SG forever. I didn't run a lot of pebbles. I'm maybe an overdrive, but other than that, I would just tune it up, red hot on the tubes, and just belt it. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't really in the gear. Oh and, uh, yeah. Then it's you know you get on YouTube and you can get lost on that, trying to figure out what's the perfect guitar, what's the perfect amp, and your pedal board, and what you want the sound you're going for. You can get lost in that. Yeah. I, I count on my guys a little <laughs> bit sometimes about making sure that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm okay with that, you know. I figure you can't be good at everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why you got to surround yourself <laughs> with people, right? So what about with that Gibson that you have now? Is there any pedals that you run through? Um, no. Just clean? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but it's a little bit like just still new territory. Just getting into it? Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, anything else to add or subtract or anywhere else you'd like to go? Um, no, I can't think of anything. Well, cool. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, social medias if you want to plug. Oh, yeah. Um, and ways to find your record and sure yeah thanks for that um i'm on instagram uh you can search sarah lee langford it's got some dots in there um records on corneliuschapel.com and i think you can still get one from seasick records um yeah we're on spotify not that we'll ever see a dime from that but <laughs> you know you could listen to it and then see if you like it and then buy it you know and that's the biggest thing is uh, especially during COVID is one thing I've been really encouraging people is like if you have a record especially if they're not on a huge label buy that record because mm -hmm. they're not playing yeah 
And they just put a lot of money into this they record. Sure did. And they got to get it back. Yep. Well, we'll see if I ever get the money back <laughs> from this one, you know. It's like the money that you put in. Yeah, it's not always about that, mm-hmm. you know. It's it, Definitely making the record was not about money ever. Yeah, it's about Never. the record. Yeah, yeah, it's about the record. Um, but, you know, it, you have to use your common sense, too, on what's a good sound decision for your life and where to put your limited funds. Um, so I don't regret the fact that I haven't made my money back or anything, but you know, eventually I still have a pile of records sitting around, you know, next time I'm actually able to play some shows then we'll lug them around see what, see if anybody wants one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, Sarah, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Alan. Mm -hmm. All right. This song is called Big women.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread. With incredible taste and texture, Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.